Hi everybody, I'm Michael Goodman with Artmatcher, the mobile app connecting art lovers, artists, galleries, art fairs, and art events. While we continue to build a great experience, we'll be talking art with some of the industry's most interesting and knowledgeable people. Whether you're an art aficionado or this is all new to you, we'll be here to provide valuable insight and hilarious good stories. Hope you enjoy our chat today and check out Artmatcher in the Apple App Store and Google Play. Hello, everyone. This is Riley Clark. I'm head of partnerships at Artmatcher, and I'm here with the brilliant artist, Lori Pratico. Lori, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks. Thank you. And thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm a big fan of your work, and I'd love to um, tell our audience more. First things first, you can check out some of the work from your project, Girl Noticed, on the Art Matcher app. But Lori, we'd love to hear about you and your story. Well, I'm a self-taught artist. That that seems to be always where I start with my story. Um, and I grew up in Philadelphia and was in the inner city in Philly. So it was um, there wasn't a lot of opportunity as far as, you know, when you said you wanted to be an artist, that that, that wasn't really a thing. And um, the expectations that were set up for me in life in general weren't real high. So I learned pretty early on that I had to set my own expectations. And I knew from the time I was like five years old and they threw a smock over my head and said I could finger paint in kindergarten that this was for me because it was all about, oh, you mean I can get it on me and I can make a mess and that's okay? <laughs> you know, I'm in. <laughs> so that was kind of the, the introduction to loving art um, was the idea of being able to get messy and, and, and create and be free. It was like the sense of freedom. So, um, like I say, grew up in Philly and right out of high school, wasn't really sure what path I was going to take and knew I wanted to do something creative. So, um, I ended up going to like a technical school. It was an 18 month school that, um, that taught advertising and sign painting. And I was going to go in for the advertising class and they didn't have, um, they didn't have an instructor at the time. So they were like, oh, take the sign painting class because you'll, you know, the beginning's the same. You learn typography and you, you'll, you know, the, the first couple months is, are the same. Well, I never switched over. I don't think they ever got an instructor either. Um, there were about 10 people in the school. So it wasn't, a, wasn't you know, I think the school shut down like two years after I, I went there. But um, I learned some valuable skills and I, very early on, before the 18 months was even over, I approached a billboard company and it kind of showed up with my paintbrushes and said, you know, heard they were hiring and they were like, well, go paint that. And I didn't paint a billboard right away, but they, you know, I painted a sign in house. And the next day they were like, well, go paint that. And then literally on like the third day, they, they had me sign my life away that I would go climb a billboard and not, they would not be responsible for <laughs> any injuries. So I did that. And um, my parents had no idea what I was doing. Um, they knew I was working at a sign shop, but they had no idea I was climbing billboards and painting them. And it was so much fun. And I had said from the time I was like a kid, I want to drive down the street and see my work. 
and what better way, right? You know, what, what better way to have your work out there than you're driving down the highway and you know that you painted that. And it was back in the time when billboards were actually hand painted. So I gained a lot of skills from that and, um, and use those skills today doing, you know, 25 plus years later, <laughs> um, you know, I'm using those same skills to scale my work for murals and do more of, you know, that is where my career has taken me. And through the span of like 30 years, um, I've worked in so many different creative industries. I've been a graphic artist. I've been a faux finisher. I've been, you know, anything that, that I could make money being creative, but I, I always had this kind of sense of entrepreneurship. So, um, I've worked for myself almost the, you know, 25 of the 30 years I've worked for myself, um, raised two kids and on my, you know, a lot on my own and, um, was able to support them and send them to college and, and do all those things. And not that it wasn't a struggle, but, um, I was able to also set my own schedule and, and be more flexible, which was something that I found that, you know, I would take a job and I couldn't like, you know, they needed you, everything's deadline based. And when it comes to advertising and comes to those fields and you, you, I couldn't stay late, I had to pick my kids up from school. You know, there were, so this, this, like this working for myself made me available to my kids, which was a big deal for me. And, um, and that's, you know, I just kind of always just made it happen. I always just was like, I, this is what I'm good at. This is what I, I do. And I just made it, made what I, what I kind of envisioned for myself happen. Sometimes I wish I would have envisioned a little more for myself, you know, because I realized, hey, you made these things happen. You could have made anything happen. But, um, you know, for the most part, I'm super happy. Well, I love what you said about, you know, being an artist didn't really feel like an option, uh, how you grew up and your parents um, didn't necessarily see the way forward in that way. But I like that you always made it work. You always found interesting ways to see your work in public places or to build the skills or to be entrepreneurial. I think a lot of artists could really benefit uh, from hearing about that part of your journey because it's something you've been doing from the beginning and it's something you're still doing today. And it's something I think a lot of artists uh, need to be doing their whole lives. Yeah, you know, I think the fact that I don't really know... I never considered myself like a super confident person. There's certain things about myself that I, I'm not real confident about, right? But then there is like this hidden confidence that I, if it was creative, I could figure out how to do it. And I was raised, my, my dad actually was, um, he was like a main, he was a maintenance man like his whole life. And he was very creative as well. But he had some learning disabilities. So he had trouble with reading. He was a little dyslexic. And um, so, but like he could fix anything. I mean, there was nothing in my house that didn't like stay, that stayed broken for more than a day because he was on it and he fixed it. And he taught himself how to fix everything. And even though it was difficult for him to maybe get through a couple pages of a book. He had all the encyclopedias in the garage and he would figure it out. And so I, I kind of had this like innate 
thing about myself that I was like, well, I'll figure it out. I'll figure out how to, how to make it look like that. I'll figure out how to mix the paint so that it, it, you know, it works that way or that it looks that way. And I think my talent was more that I had a good eye than it was that I had these like innate skills because I wasn't, I wasn't like the best artist in the class. I wasn't the, you know, I couldn't just draw out of my head, but I could duplicate anything I saw. And, and that became something I trained myself to do. And I learned to do over the years. And again, with, you know, being an entrepreneur, it was the kind of thing where, um, when I started my faux finish business, for example, I had been working for a printer in graphic design and I was, you know, I learned the computer programs on my own and then I was bored. I didn't want to sit behind a desk. I didn't want to, you know, be on the computer all day. And I was like, how am I going to get my hands back in the paint? And somebody had, people were asking me, oh, you know, faux finishing had gotten real popular and they were like, oh, can you make my front door look like wood? Can you make my walls look like marble? Can you, you know, do this and that? And I had done that to the background of these billboards and signs for years. So I was like, well, yeah, you know, I can do that and it'll be durable. And because, you know, I know what paints to use and stuff. And I would go to the bookstore if it was something I didn't know how to do and look it up and, <laughs> you know, study it. Cause this was like before you could Google everything, you know, now there's a YouTube video on everything, which is, makes it even easier. But, um, you had to go look in a book or whatever. And, um, so at the print shop, I ended up, um, during my lunch, I printed door hangers that said I was a faux finisher and I hung them in the neighborhood during my half hour lunch behind the, the print shop in the neighborhood behind the print shop. And that day someone called me and they were like, did you put something on my door? And I, and right away, because the guy was like, did you, did you hang a door hanger on my door? And I thought, oh no, I'm in trouble, right? <laughs> I'm not supposed to do that. There must be some ordinance that you're not allowed to hang things on doors. And he was like, I said, yeah, I said that. Yes, I did. And he, he said, oh, he's like, well, I want to finish my house. And I ended up doing this gentleman's entire house. And I did it during my vacation. I took my vacation time and did it during my vacation time. And when I went back to work, I gave my two weeks notice. Now I proceeded then, right? I proceeded then to I, to recruit my children who were like ten at the time. I have twins, and we went out and we hung like a thousand door hangers because I was like, oh well, I only hung like a hundred, and I got a phone call. So my odds, you know, I'm like, I'm gonna hang a thousand, and, and my phone will be ringing off the hook. My phone did not ring for three months. And I was panicking because I was like, you know, it wasn't like I had all this money put away. So, um, you know, it got scary at times, but things just always kind of fall, fell into place. It's like, you know, don't give up before, the, what's that saying? Don't give up before the miracle happens. Or, you know, it's like, you never know, you know, like, it's like some people quit the moment before that thing might happen that'll change everything. It's like, give it that little extra and you'd be surprised what sometimes will happen and fall in your favor if you just kind of keep, you know, on track and keep on on the path. I think that's brilliant. Um, I'm thinking about these different themes, like giving it that little extra push, um, speaking about that hidden confidence, violating city ordinances. <laughs> uh, I'd love to talk more about um, your work with Girl Noticed. 
And um, I also uh, loved the story you told me um, over coffee about your Inked series. I think that's a really like instructive, important like series of early work. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. That my Ink series. So um, you know, there was kind of a series of events where you know I I, I have been. I knew how to, how to, I had the confidence that I could make money with my creativity, but I had not had the confidence yet to like put artwork in a gallery or approach a gallery and ask or, or enter a show or something like that, because I didn't think I was good enough for that. Um, and a lot of that came from these, you know, predisposed ideas of that because I was self-taught I didn't, I didn't know, I wasn't qualified to be in galleries and be in, in, you know, these shows with these artists that had been trained. Um, so I, I started, I did start painting as my kids were getting older. I was like, well, you know, they're both going to leave for college at the same time and I'm going to need a hobby, (laughs) but nothing was ever a hobby with me. It was always about how am I going to make money with this? So I, you know, I started painting more seriously and doing more studio work. And my studio was in my dining room at the time. And, um, I think my, my art supplies basically fit in a shoebox. I, I used to just use pencils and pastels and, and, um, you know, I didn't really have the money to go buy lots of paints and things. It's, it's like right today, I'm amazed at how many art supplies I have. And I'm like, it's, it's just, it, it, I still, I, I walk into my studio and I'm just like, thank you every day. Anyway, um, yeah, I was like, I, I realized that to get into a gallery or get into a show, I needed, you know, I needed to, to start having, I, I was creating work kind of all over the place, sorry, but I was creating work that um, like a show would be coming up and it would be the abstract show. So I'd do an abstract piece. And then another, the next month it would be um, the landscape show. So I'd do a landscape piece. And it was always like me waiting for a show and then creating work. And I realized at some point I had this kind of mental breakthrough that I just really needed to create good work that I loved, that I was interested in, and that was relevant for me. And then wait for the shows that fit my work. And that kind of changed everything. And and people started noticing my work a little bit more. And then... I realized I went to um, a course that Broward Cultural Division actually offers every year called um, AI. It's, it's, it's basically like the business of arts and it's in June every year and they teach you how to like write a business plan and they, you know, it's like a week, it's only like a hundred dollars. It's like a, a weekend, every weekend in June. It's amazing. Um, but if you look up Broward Cultural Division, you'll, you'll find it. And I do just want to say, um, we love the Broward Cultural Division here at Art Matcher. Um, you can check out all the public arts in Broward County on the app. Um, big shout out to Phil Dunlap and Meredith Clements for doing great work. Yeah, no, and 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 um, Jane, Jim Shermer too. He's like he's a great uh, asset, and he was the one who I who I believe really kind of brought this program to life in Broward County. And it's been going on for years. And I was in like the second or third year of the course. And, um, and it taught me, okay, I, I kind of had this epiphany moment in that 
course of I need to brand myself and I need a cohesive series of portraits. Well, what would I be interested in painting kind of over and over again because I get bored quick and I decided it was going to be women and their tattoos. And this was before women really had tattoos. So it was not a, you know, it was still very interesting to people that a a female that was covering herself in tattoos. So I created right away, I called it ink. And I started chasing down women that had tattoos and and saying, you know, oh, can I draw you? And they, you know, of course, looked at me like I was crazy. Um, Who's this, who's this crazy chick, you know, and what, what is she doing? I had nothing really to show for it. And I ended up meeting a photographer that had um, photographed a bride that had tattoos all over her. And she had made a comment to me that how her mother had asked the photographer, can you remove the tattoos from her photos? And I was like, oh, you know, and, and that kind of like that stuck out to me because I was like, you know, this, this mom doesn't want her her daughter to be her on her wedding day because she's either embarrassed by it or she's, you know, she, there's a stigma around it. So I'm going to not only with my portraits draw this very interesting kind of subject, but I'm also going to kind of expose and, and talk, have, you know, a conversation around the stigma we put on it and as a culture. And um, I ended up doing 35 portraits um, of different women, uh, photographer Chris Starry was taking photographs of women and their tattoos and and kind of pinup girls like, but you know, they, they they were these group of girls that they they just they dressed in the really cool kind of you know they they were making their own clothes and they were you know they had pink hair and blue hair and 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 that was just a world for me that I was like that's who I had wanted to kind of be. I had always struggled with, it was like a tug of war in my life with fitting in and standing out as an artist. And every time I wanted to stand out a little bit, I would be like, oh, no, got to fit in. And um, so these women just, they owned it. And I loved that. So I was, you know, and with Chris Starry's photographs, I'd had a, a nice body of work now to the point where girls knew me and were coming up to me saying, hey, I, can I, can you do a portrait of me? So I wasn't chasing them anymore. And that felt great, you know, um, to be out and somebody be like, oh, you're ink. Like they didn't know my name, but they knew ink, you know? So it was all about kind of like, I just, I branded it. I got it out there. I showed it in like over 30 venues. I showed the show, whether it be art bars, salons, um, you know, anywhere that the work fit, I was, hanging it and people got to know me and before i knew it i was you know on the front page of the sun sentinel and i was on in you know they were my work was getting published and i was getting more and more recognition for it so you know i saw that okay it works and then i realized i had kind of gotten my message across and i was like i wanted it to go somewhere else and i did i realized which i was kind of explaining before it was about more about daring to be different than it was that they had tattoos. So I, I morphed the ink into dare to be different. And that became um, one, a gallery had picked me up based on those portraits of the women and their tattoos, the ink series. And 
I, during my time at that gallery, which I was there for five years, um, they represented me. I, I started morphing it into dare to be different. And it was about anyone who kind of stood out and owned it and was doing it in a very positive way. Well, and I just love that. And I think, again, a lot of artists can connect with that, that tug of war between um, being different, wanting to be different, wanting to express that, but also like wanting, needing to fit in and just that tug of war. It's really interesting. Um, well, the next question, I, I'd love to really hone in on Girl Noticed. It's a really incredible project. Um, it's, it's everywhere. Uh, it's growing. Uh, I'd love for the Art Matcher audience to uh, learn about what you're doing with Girl Noticed. So, so Girl Notice came out of Dare to Be Different. Um, I had a solo show with the portraits from from that show, and when the show was over, I was kind of like, "Okay, what's next?" Um, but I had noticed during the show that I was my message was really getting across, which was to stop and look at these girls and value them, and you know, look past the tattoos and the blue hair and see that there's a real person there, and it's a person that you know that matters. And um, I decided I wanted to do this project called Girl Noticed. Um, it was just, again, just like a series of events that fell into place where I just knew that this was this was the thing. And, and basically a weekend, I wrote a business plan for Girl Noticed, which was um, I wanted to get to all 50 states, I which I've gotten to 16. Um, I wanted to do charcoal murals of girls and women of all ages that were nominated from their community to be noticed. And the reason they were in charcoal was one, I felt like, again, I didn't feel like I was the greatest muralist out there. You know, I, there, there were lots of great muralists that I thought could paint better than me. So how were my murals going to stand out? And I didn't know anyone crazy enough to do a mural in charcoal. So <laughs> I chose charcoal as my medium. Um, they're huge. They were huge on walls that were, you know, 30 feet by 100, over 100 feet. And um, I was doing them in like a matter of two days. And the charcoal would fade off the wall, which also sent the message of the project, which was, you know, there's a window of time to notice the girl before her value and what she feels good about herself will fade away. And if you don't take notice of the positive things and let, a, let any girl of any age know that she matters, that feeling that she matters and belongs will fade away. Um, so, so the medium carried the message as well um and as the the project's about seven years old now and i have done more murals and paint because murals have become much more popular and people want the lasting quality of it um although i would say 90 percent of my murals if they're done in paint the wall is either scheduled to be painted over or it's scheduled to be demolished within a matter of two two years of painting it. So I always kind of have this, it's a temporary thing in my mind. Um, people will say, Hey, where can I see your murals? And I'm like, well, they're, you know, they, they might not be there anymore. So again, it just like lends to that message of notice, like take, you need to take notice when it happens and when it's happening and, and be present and, and um, in life basically, or you might miss out. 
No, I, I think the um, impermanence of these murals, whether it's due to the medium or because they're due to be painted over or demolished or, or they're just fleeting, I think that's really interesting. I think that's really um, unique when it comes to murals specifically. And again, uh, for anyone who wants to see an archive of these projects, you can go to girlnoticed.org. And we also have um, many, of this, many of these works up on the Art Matcher app. Um, really interesting. And, you, and you've created videos explaining the process. Uh, you work really closely with the communities. Can you share about like, the nomination process and how you actually you know, touch base with the community and say, who can we notice? Who can we affirm in, in this community right here? Yeah, and, and it's really about like, you, you will see when you go to, the, if you go to the website and you look at the murals, these aren't like women that are, that are prominent women in the community that are already being noticed in other ways. They're typically women that are going, that are going unnoticed. So it's kind of, I'm touching a lot of times um, underserved communities, you know, I'm touching communities that they really need that lift and the, and they're the, 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 the young women. And, and again, I, you know, a lot of my project is geared towards young women and teenagers, you know, anywhere from that 12 year old age and, and up. Um, but I feel just as passionately with this project about senior citizens because, you know, a woman goes through these stages of her life. It's like, you know, as a teenager, we're insecure and we don't, you know, we don't value ourselves. And then we go through our life. And then if we ever do get to a place of feeling valuable, by the time when we start aging, that value starts to slip away again, you know, um, because we're not looked at the same and we're not viewed the same. And it's, and it's, that that's very difficult. So, you know, I, the, the, the project's about valuing every girl, no matter what, the age, the, you know, whatever it is. So um, I partner with a lot of nonprofit organizations. I fi find that's how I can spread the message the best is if I'm going to a community where it's, you know, I'm new to the community normally because it's a state I haven't been. And I'll partner with a, with, large and small nonprofits. I've partnered with the Y, the YWCA. Um, and I got to do a mural on the very first YWCA in New York city and Troy. Um, so that was kind of cool. Um, yeah, you know, and, and then here's this like historic building and they're like, yeah, you can do the mural on the building wherever you want, you know, and then I'll, I'll, I'll run into another situation where it's a boarded up building in a city and well, the state owns that building. You can't paint on that. And it's like, <laughs> wait a minute, I don't get it. So, you know, it, every situation is so different and I've learned along the way. It's the kind of thing where I, I have a structure to the project, but I've never set these rules that it has to happen this way. So it's kind of like, I'm going to paint a mural for you. I'm going to notice your girls, how we get the message out there, the event you build around the mural being done. I offer these workshops. So I have like three or four workshops that are already in place. This is what I offer. This is what I can speak on. I'm willing to go to your classrooms and talk to your kids. I love more than anything going to math classes. Okay, everybody thinks, oh, you'll go to the to the art classes, right? I I much rather go to a math class and show them how I use algebra to figure out the scale 
of my mirror of my mural, right? And the kids they light up because it's like, oh wow, like they're actually seeing where the stuff that they're learning that they're like, when am I ever going to use this? Some artist is using that every single day when she's painting a mural and it makes it like no fail. It's like, there's all these tricks out there now to how to get your mural up on the wall that a lot of artists and muralists use. But the old school way is to actually do the math. And the thing is, is you, I, I can do the math without ever going to see the wall. So you send me a photo of your wall and I don't even have to be there. I can show up that day and know what size to make the eyes, what size to make the mouth, you know, where it's going to be on the wall. I can do it all with math before I even get there. So, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I like, I like sharing that with the kids and the kids get super excited. But like I say, it, it can, the, the experience of Girl Noticed can look like anything your community wants it to look like. And it's looked different in every community that I've gone to. The last place I went to was Detroit. They actually, it was a city called Brightmoor. They actually built the walls for me to paint on because they could not find a business that would allow me to do it. And so they they built the walls in a community park called the Cross Pollination Corridor. And they put tents up after the mural was done. They had a reveal day where they had organizations, again, nonprofit, small nonprofit organizations that, that serve um, girls and women come in and you know, they served their community while I did a little art workshop with them and they all got to, you know, take their pictures in front of the mural and, and just get together and value each other and see that these were these are people from my community that are have been nominated to be on the wall. You know, it's like they they these nominations just come from the mom that wants to notice her daughter to the teacher that wants to notice her student to the organization that wants to notice the person that's just had a really rough time and is, is, you know, making a difference now in her, her own life. And I find that the most, it's like, you know, we have to realize how we can make a difference in our lives before we start making a difference in other people's lives. You know, and a lot of the girls that I noticed, that's exactly the stage they're at. They're like that 14, 15 year old that, you know, is realizing I, I can be, I can be different. I don't have to be the product of my environment. I can actually improve my environment and in, by improving myself. I love it. And I also appreciate the flexibility, you know, that you've had both in your career and uh, in your girl notice projects where it's like, okay, this is how I have to accomplish the goal. It's what's, what's figured out. Okay. You know, we're having issues with the city. Let's build a wall. You know, like that's, um, that's really uh, interesting. Uh, so I'd love to learn more about your plans for the future when it comes to girl notice. Um, I'd love to think, you know, learn more about what's in the future. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, that flexibility is always, it's always come from a place of the message to me is way more important than the artwork is. The artwork for me is like a bonus. It's the fact that I get to use my creativity and my God-given talent to spread a message that's very important to me. It's like, I, like, I feel like I hit jackpot when I, that all came together, right? But the message, getting that out there, I, I just get to, to do it in creative ways. And murals was the way to get that message out. Um, 
the, the, the mural landscape has changed a lot in the last seven years. Murals have become very popular. Um, they all have to be an Instagram moment, which, you know, to me, if you paint a really good mural, it should be an Instagram moment. You shouldn't have to add an element into the mural to make it an Instagram moment. Or the <laughs> you know? city shouldn't have to mandate an Instagram moment in their grant. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's exactly. It's like the call to artists is like, well, we want this interactive Instagram, Instagrammable mural. And it's like, if it looks amazing, people will stand in front of it and take pictures, you know, so that, that to me should be most important. But, um, so I, I, where I'm going is I've created an art installation. Um, and the art installation is to recognize, um, female artists that have been basically left out of the history books and, um, the installation will be the names of 110 female artists, some that have changed history, others that will be nominated from their community that are local artists that are making a difference will be included in those, included in those 110 names. And it will be a very immersive experience. Um, I'm in talks with a couple different spaces to do this. Um, and one is almost there, which will be super exciting. And hopefully I'll be making an announcement soon that, that, that it happens. I don't want to jinx it. So I'm not going to say, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about, you know, this, this will be a model for other projects to come. Um, I'll see how, how it's received and I'll use the female artists, um, as kind of a, a stepping stone to then do 110 Holocaust, female Holocaust survivors, 110, you know, women in tech, you know, like what, whatever it could, it could be modeled after, you know, different, different things. And I'll kind of just see where it takes me. Um, but I, I was interested in starting with the artists because I realized at a young age, you know, you're taught about a handful of artists and those stick with you for the rest of your life, whether you're an artist or not. Um, so, you know, the fact that these women have never been written into the history books, they, there's no opportunity for people to really learn about them. So I, you know, I, I'm like to offer that opportunity and get the kind of just, it, it's opening people's eyes to the fact of, of course, there were female artists that were amazing at the same time as, Andy Warhol and at the same time as Picasso and at the same time as Rembrandt, of course there were, you know, but nobody recognized them or valued them. It all comes back to the valuing. So. And just like in those algebra classrooms, making it really relevant, making it really engaging, making it really fresh. Um, I've seen mock-ups of this project and it's all of those things. It's, it's really successful in that. Thank you. You're one of the people I've shown. I've only shown about a, a hand, literally a handful of people. So, well, yeah, we, we love a good sneak peek. Um, right. Well, thank you so much, Lori. It's been a real pleasure. Uh, always a pleasure learning about your work and your uh, story. Again, for anyone who wants to learn more about Girl Notice, you can go to girlnotice.org. And you can, of course, check out Lori's work on the Art Matcher app. Um, Lori, thank you again for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I, I, I appreciate you 
listening and it's always kind of fun to revisit some of the things you, f- you forget about as you're busy in life. You forget about where you came from sometimes. So it's always kind of nice to go back and think about that and talk about it. Well, we love it. It's really, it's really inspiring for other artists, especially to hear. Um, but thank you again. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into the Art Matcher podcast. We had an interesting discussion, a great time, and we hope you did too. Please tune in for next week's episode and like, share, and follow. For more information about the app, you can check out our website at artmatcher.com or look us up on social. Stay safe and be artful.